I'm Carol Hills, and this is The World. It's a big anniversary for China. On October 1st, the Communist Party will mark 70 years since Mao Zedong declared victory over his enemies, creating the People's Republic of China. Mao's enemies were the Chinese nationalists, backed by the U.S. They were also known as the Guomindang, or KMT. Most of their leaders fled to the island of Taiwan. But some went into the jungles of Southeast Asia and stayed there. The world's Patrick Wynn in Thailand recently visited and met some of the grandkids of those KMT fighters, transforming their home into a very different kind of place. I think I've found it. Utopia. I'm on top of a mountain, looking down into a misty valley covered in tea shrubs. Green trees, green mountain, see the tea plantations, beautiful. It's like we are in paradise. That's Yi. She's 31 and helps run this family tea farm. Like most people around here, she goes by a few different names. Her ID card says Yupin Chiwin Kun Tong. That's a Thai name because this mountain, it's in the far north of Thailand. Or you can call her by her Chinese name. Wu Changyu. Or people call me Yi. From Yi's back porch, you can almost see Myanmar. Go another 100 miles or so northeast, you would hit China. And most people in this village, that's where they have roots. The story of how they got here has America's fingerprints all over it. It's a painful story involving the CIA and lots of opium. But try bringing all that up with the older folks up here. They don't talk about that. Do they still think of it as kind of a secret? Yeah, it's a secret thing, I think. <laughs> few doors down the road, at another tea plantation, I meet Tanita Tantiwanit, who is 35. Her grandfather, General Tuan Shi Wen, was the KMT commander who brought everyone here. I ask, did your family ever tell you about the CIA stuff? Nope, she says. I had to figure it all out by myself. But the story is too good to be a secret. Since the fall of China to the Reds, these nationalist soldiers have carried on jungle warfare against the conquerors. It's the 1950s. Mao has won China. Most anti-communist fighters retreat to Taiwan. Those who are too far away, they scramble into Myanmar, or as it was then called, Burma. There in the wet jungle, starving, with beat-up guns. It was bad. Take it from someone who was there. That's Sombun Iemwitiakun. He's 66. And he says he was born in Myanmar, in a bunker. His dad was right-hand man to Tuan, the top commander, Tanita's grandfather. Food was scarce, but Sambun says, we're tough people from the fields of southwest China. Give us a pig, he says. We'll hang it up, salt it, pepper it, dry it, eat off it for months. In a pinch, he says they could make anything tasty. They could pull a stalk of bamboo out of the ground and make that into a meal. But what they needed were weapons to take back China from Mao. That's where the CIA comes in. CIA comes to Myanmar, builds a runway in the jungle, starts flying in American-made guns and tons of ammo. If it weren't for America, Sambun says, 
there's a 50% chance we wouldn't have survived. And look, he says, I'm going to shoot you straight here. We also started trafficking opium. In fact, they built up one of the largest opium markets in the world. A lot of this opium was reaching the U.S. in the form of heroin. So how did the KMT justify this? Well, there's a famous quote by that top KMT commander and CIA ally, General Duan, Danita's grandfather. So I'll let her tell it. Basically, he said, to fight the evil of communism, you need guns. Guns cost money. And the only source of money in these hills is opium. Only they never took back China. And most of the drug money, it went to traffickers in Hong Kong and America. Anyway, Myanmar wasn't happy about CIA-backed rebels on their soil. So they bombed them in huge battles, like this one, depicted in a 1990 Taiwanese movie, A Home Too Far. By the early 60s, these KMT fighters get pushed all the way down to Thailand, to this mountaintop, called Masalong. It was a very remote hiding place. And they brought the drug trade with them. According to a CIA report, in 1971, this place was home to one of Asia's biggest heroin refineries. But that didn't last, because in the 80s, Thailand said, look, you can stay, but no more opium. Maybe start planting and selling something else, they said. And pour into your cup. Like tea. We're back at Yi's house. They've turned the front part into a tea shop. No tigers or machine guns or CIA agents here. That's why I feel like appreciation. I appreciate everything. Yeah. These days, this place has nothing to hide. And the young generation, they say the village is almost like accidentally hip. This place is magical, Danita says. We're in the Golden Triangle. There was opium, heroin, danger, and yet now everyone is welcome to come. And it really is kind of hip. Instagrammable views? Check. Niche cuisine for food nerds? Check. The food here is Yunnanese from southwestern China, but they also use Thai spices. In the market, you'll see folks chopping pork to make sausage and pickling veggies, rebel comfort food. Good to have in the jungle when you're on the run. And in Yi's kitchen, I find them frying up this white stump-like thing. It's a bamboo stalk, the root, fried with garlic, and it's great, especially when paired with oolong tea. Pairing the perfect tea with the right food, this is Yi's thing now. She calls herself... Tea sommelier. Oolong tea is good when something is oily. A tea sommelier. Like I said, hip. Yi and Danita, they both have hotels on their tea plantations. And up the hill, there's another little guest house, painted yellow, with a kindly grandfather always sitting out front. That's Sambun, the former rebel fighter. He's also running a small hotel. These days, everyone is welcome here, he says, even if you're visiting from communist-run China. For the world, Patrick Nguyen, Masalong, Thailand. And that's it from us today. From the Nan and Bill Harris Studios here at WGBH, I'm Carol Hills. See you tomorrow.